Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to y'all. How are we doing this afternoon? We doing okay? Amen, amen. Well, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 45, hymn 45. All hail the power, all hail the power, hymn 45, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer. All hail the power. giving us the opportunity to come to your house again, Lord, yes. to worship you, yes. to give you honor and glory, Lord. Yes. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, guide our path, help us to always put you first in everything that we do, Lord. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, fill us yes. with your wisdom, your guide, and your strength, Lord, and yes. please be with Pastor White as he brings forth your message, Lord. Yes. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. And as we continue in praise, hymn 657, hymn 657. A new name in glory. If you're a saved, born-again, blood-bought Christian, you ought to believe that your name will be in glory. Amen. A new name in glory. Hymn 657. Hymn 657. A new name in glory. Oh, this is mine. Now the white gold angel sings 
be seated. We're glad that you're here this afternoon. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We just have a few announcements for you. I want to remind you about soul winning this Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. You get to go out and knock doors and invite folks to come to church. Amen. Yep. Then, uh, ladies, don't forget about Lexi Clark's uh, shower coming up on November 11th. Please mark your calendar for that, fellas. And ladies, don't forget that we're going to have a work day on November 4th, amen? November 4th, this is the first day we've announced it this morning and this afternoon, and we need some, we need some help. We're going to clean around the inside of the building, the things that need to be done from the summer. Then on the outside, we're going to fix the parking lot in some places. It's just to fill up the gaps in the hole so that we don't destroy it during the wintertime when ice and water get inside there. Then we're going to fix the fence, amen? It's leaning quite a bit. It needs to be repaired. Uh, we have some roof leaks that have come up, and we're going to have a group up there working on those roof leaks. They know exactly where it's leaking. We just need to patch it up, amen? And so uh, those are some of the things that we're going to do during that time. So if you could come and help, we need your help. It, uh, we need you to help us work, amen? Yeah. Uh, and the younger you are, the more we need your help because old fellows, we fade quickly, amen? <laughs> I don't know about 1 o'clock. It's nap time to me anyhow, but... Uh, <laughs> At uh, 10.30 in the morning is when we'll start working after sowing. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. That's November 4th. Pastor, you come. And if you come, bring your work clothes, men, for go sowing and bring something you don't mind getting dirty, all right? So there's going to be plenty to do. And ladies, we're going to do some cleaning in here. It needs to be kind of spruced up, so help us with that. Let me encourage you to call everybody. It looked like the rapture took place and we got left. <laughs> Amen. So um, let me encourage you, but there's a lot of things going on today and uh, this week and folks, so please pray that everybody's back and uh, back ready to go Wednesday night for Bible study and of course Sunday be back in the Lord's house. I, I would rather the Lord come back and uh, we have church in heaven. You know, and, and I want to encourage you, get used to long services because, you know, you realize when we get to heaven, we're going to have church that's going to last I don't know, eternity, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What, you know, so a few hours here is nothing, right? And yeah. uh, so anyway, but please, uh, just come Saturday ready to go to work, but encourage folks, call folks and encourage them, uh, let them know you're going to be praying for them, look around and see who's not here, there's plenty of folks to call and let them know that you missed them and uh, get them back ready to go, all right? Well, let's have a word of prayer. We'll pray, and if you hadn't uh, had the opportunity to give, let me ask you to do so. Uh, this, and if you have not filled out a faith promise card, we had another card come in today, which is fine. We've still got the rest of the month. So fill one of these out and turn that in. And it's got if, if the number's not on there, the, the Lord's impressed upon your heart, fill it in. And uh, remember, that's a weekly offering for faith promise. So please uh, take care of that today, all right? Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for our folks that are back this afternoon. I pray, God, that you'd bless. Lord, and I pray for all of our folks that are not here today. Lord, I, uh, I believe with all my heart that, God, that Satan's fighting in the hearts and lives of people. Uh, God, uh, uh, we talked about that this morning, Lord, where uh, Satan knows. I believe that uh, you're going to bless, and there's something just, just beyond, Lord. And I pray that we will stay the course and God, that you would strengthen our people and encourage them through your word and let them know, dear Holy Spirit, that you love them and, God, that there's something coming. And, 
So, Lord, I pray that, God, that you would help us, Lord, and just realize that the blessing comes afterward. And, Lord, help us to stay faithful, God, to you and to the cause of Christ. And we give you praise for that. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. join us in singing hymn 447, hymn 447, Higher Ground, Higher Ground, hymn 447, Higher Ground, we'll do all verses, then we would love for everyone to greet each other at the conclusion of this hymn, Higher Ground, hymn 447, sing along, I'm pr pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I'm onward
Lord can see when I pause to remember a heartache here is but a stepping stone along a trail that's winding always upward this troubled world is not my final but until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, we joy our carry on. Until the day, my eyes behold the city. Until the day, God calls me things of earth will be men lose their value if we recall their borrow for a while and things of earth that cause the heart to tremble remember there will only bring a smile that song. Hadn't heard that in a while. Exodus chapter 8. We're going to begin reading in verse 16, and we'll read down through the end of the chapter. And if there's a title, I guess I'd title it, Lice or Flies, you choose. Okay? Because we're going to talk about both. In uh, Exodus chapter 8, uh, beginning in verse 16, found your place. Say amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, stretch out thy rod and smite the dust of the land that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so, for Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man and in beast and all the dust of the land, because lice, uh, a land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with the enchantments to bring forth lice, just like they had done before. They tried to imitate it. Uh, but they could not. 
So there were lice upon man and upon beast. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hardened not, or hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people will, or in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end that thou may, mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. T- tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so, and There came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses and into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, uh, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. So, lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians? uh, Uh, before their eyes and will they not stone us we will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the lord our god and he shall come as he shall command us and pharaoh said i will let you go that you may sacrifice to the lord your god in the wilderness only ye shall not go very far away entreat me uh, entreat for me and moses said behold i go out from thee and i will entreat the lord that the swarms of flies may depart from pharaoh from his servants from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully anymore in not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated uh, the Lord. And the Lord did uh, according to the word of Moses. And he removed the swarms of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, from his people. There remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. Father, I pray that you would again speak to our hearts. And uh, God, I pray that your hand will be upon me, Lord, as I bring the message this afternoon. And may I uh, challenge our folks, Lord. I believe these messages, God, uh, in the life of Moses are something that we can glean from as uh, the entire word of God. But these things can be applied to us right now, today, Lord. Your word is forever alive. It's never outdated. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help me to rightly divide your word of truth, stay in context of the word of God this afternoon. And preach the message, God, that you've laid up on my heart, and Lord, I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, if you see here, the the finger of God, that's what the magicians talked about. We'll get to that in a minute. But the finger of God controls the dust of the ground. and In other words, the the finger of God uh, controls the most uh, uh, minute uh, things in the universe, everything, uh, even the dust, even the very building blocks of matter and energy, God controls them. God said all things were created by Him and for Him. So Jehovah God, through these plagues, He's showing Pharaoh and the Egyptian people that there's only one true God, not many gods, one. Everything else has been... Uh, and come from the imagination of man, everything. There's only one God. 
And so here, God uses lice or gnats, uh, a species that's so small you can hardly see them with the eye. Uh, but we see that the day of judgment, of God's judgment, has come. And, and if you notice in verse 16, the first thing that I want you to notice here is that there wasn't any warning. Verse 16 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And it says, verse 7, And they did so. Now watch. Now the first two plagues, uh, there, there was a warning involved in those. You can go back and read it. But this one came without warning. Pharaoh had broken his promise to let the people go if the frog plague stopped. And so the reality here is that it served him right that he didn't receive a warning. Amen. I mean, God had already, God already warned him twice before and the other, but this time God says, okay, that, you know, enough is enough. And, and it did serve him right. In fact, God still does this. If you write this down, Proverbs 29 and verse 1, it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. That means without warning. So we can see this very thing happen here in this plague with Pharaoh. It came without warning. And so there was, there was also no worship. I thought this was interesting. Uh, the effect here on the Egyptians was that the lice was so bad that it was on the Egyptians' bodies. It was, I mean, they... Uh, and, and to the point that it stopped the Egyptians from worshiping. Now, this is important. You remember, you didn't think about this. Go back and read about these Egyptians. The way they prepared to worship their God was that they shaved their bodies before they worshiped and showered and all this kind of stuff. But if you look in verse 18, it says that the insects coming upon, that word, upon the bodies, cause all kinds of itching and numerous sores. It caused all kinds of infections to the point that it did not allow the Egyptians to prepare for worship like they needed to. So as a result, because Egypt, remember, they wouldn't let uh, the Israelites go and worship. So guess what happened? God stopped the Egyptians from worshiping. Now, um, and, and, and if you go back and study this a little bit, you'll find that the Egyptian judged a person's cleanliness by their physical body, not their spiritual body. But, I, but for you and I, we need to be the exact opposite. I mean, we need to be clean on the outside. A little deodorant never hurt anybody. Amen? But we ought to spend as much time, if not more, making sure we are clean spiritually. We spend so much time on our outward man that we're not as careful to spend that much time on the inward man. That's where it matters. Listen, God help us today that we need to make sure that we are clean on the inside. And so there was no worship because these Egyptians could not get cleaned up. Notice verse 18 as well. We see there was no witchcraft, what I've called it. And you see there where it says, and the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lies. And it's always amazed to me, even here, it's still, instead of trying to get rid of it, they, they want to create more of it. And there, and there's no logic in the world's thinking. You know, none whatsoever. And so they, they tried to create more. But, but notice what it says. Uh, instead of trying to relieve the misery, they, create, they want to create more. But this time, the Bible says they could not. 
Listen, when God wants to stop Satan and his demonic helpers, guess what? That's what he'll do. He will only allow Satan to go so far. This, uh, and I, I was thinking about this when I was in my office this afternoon, uh, studying a little more, preparing for this afternoon. I thought, you know, and I've said it twice today, that I believe Satan is on the attack. N- not just this church, but churches just like this one. Uh, I think he is on the attack. And, uh, and listen, and the church is not the building or this property. It's you, the people. And Satan has turned up the heat. There's a lot of people that are going through things in life and, and listen, in the church, in the ministry. And, and Satan wants to do everything that he can to stop it. He wants, and the way he stops the blessings of God is by stopping you. So if he can stop you, listen, you know, and say, well, what do we do, preacher? We pray and ask God to stop him. He did, the, he did the very thing here. God stopped these magicians from uh, uh, repeating what God had already done. And if God can do it there, he can do it here. Amen. In fact, if you notice here, the magicians admit in verse 19, no, look what they said. Then the magicians said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. You know what? They're starting to catch on. I think they're getting it. But if you notice what they said, I thought this was interesting. They just said, this is the finger of God. If this is the finger of God, imagine what his hand can do. If, if, if this is the hand of God, remember what God in, in all his power and glory to do. I mean, he could probably create a universe. I don't know. He could probably become man and live a sinless life and die on the cross for our sin. But the magicians say, this is just the finger of God. I mean, God told Moses in verse 20, he said, listen, Moses, he said, stretch out, he said, stretch out your hand and smite Egypt. And now the magicians, they're seeking a part of, of, or seeing a part of God's hand. And the acknowledgement here of the magicians, of uh, of God's supremacy is something that one day everybody's going to do. They acknowledge that this was the finger of God, but Philippians 2, 10 and 11 says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. But a lot of people today only confess, listen, look at this, you see what's happening, judgment has come, but there's a lot of people today that will only confess Christ in judgment, just like these magicians did. God help us today to confess that that the Lord is who he is before judgment comes. They had an opportunity to confess that God is who he is before judgment came, but they said, we will not. But now in judgment, they confess. Well, one of these days, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. Look in verse 19. There's no wisdom here with Pharaoh. I mean, all this stuff is happening. Uh, This is... Uh, I mean, the, the plagues have been coming one right after the other. And in verse 19, it says, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them. Pharaoh's rejected God's judgment through plagues. He's rejected the magicians. I mean, his, his own guys are getting it. And they're telling Pharaoh, hey, Pharaoh, listen, this is the finger of God doing this. And he still rejected the magician's message and their uh, and, and what they're saying. And when a person has set his heart towards sin, there's not one, any kind of warning is going to work. I, I've tried to tell people in, in the last 38 years of ministry that, listen, I, you can see, you know, even in your children's lives, you see things. You see them headed down a path, and it's like a train wreck. 
You see it coming. It's like slow motion, and you're saying, don't do that. Don't go that way. You can't do that. You, listen, if you do that, you, God's going to judge you for it. If you do that, you're going to bring wreck and ruin and suffering in your life. Don't do that. And you know what they do? They do it. And it's just like what you tell them. Listen, that's exactly what's happening here. Listen, Pharaoh, his heart is hard towards sin. And even though God warns him, he's not listening. Pharaoh had no loophole. Remember, he's looked for a loophole up to this point, but now God stopped the loophole. The magicians couldn't do it. And they say, this is the finger of God, and acknowledge it, but he still rejects it. He won't listen. He didn't like their message, so he didn't listen. Same thing with people today. Uh, You know, they don't like to hear God's message. Uh, they don't want to hear it straight and to the point, and so they, they reject it. That's not what I, that's not, and, and by the way, that's why you see a lot of different kinds of churches today, because uh, people don't like the message that that preacher's preaching, so they go and find a church that will, you know, uh, that have, because they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, you know, so they go. They don't want to hear somebody just preach and uh, and just you know, tell, say what God said, they, so they go somewhere else. And there's churches all over like that, by the way. Yeah. I was teaching that in Sunday school this morning. That's why you see so many different denominations, because they said, well, I don't like that. So they leave the Word of God and leave the context of the Word of God, and they go off on their own. Amen. And so that's what's taking place. So here's Pharaoh. He likes all these lies. He didn't, he didn't heed to the will of God, and they didn't listen. So now we come to verse 20. Man, y'all may get out of here by 2, 3.30, you know. Uh, now we, lice or flies. Remember, lice or flies, you choose. So now we come to the flies. Now, and remember when we started, we talked about the plagues being in groups of threes. Y'all remember that? Except for the last one, it stands on its own, the, the death angel. Well, here we start the second group of the group of threes. Look in verse 24. It says, and the Lord did so. Oh, let's, let's look at verse 23. It says, that God said, I'll put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And verse 24 says, and the Lord did so. And there came, here it is, a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into the, his servants' houses and into all the land of Egypt, the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. I hate flies. And sometimes you ever get see uh, get one of them biting flies on you? Oh, man, I hate them. They get in your car, and you're driving down the road, and they're buzzing around on the windshield. Listen, I want them out. I roll down the window. I, and it seems like no matter, they're on the window, you roll it down, and they go the other way, you know? I mean, I hate them stupid. They're just cra- They're stupid. I don't like them. Psalm chapter 78 and verse 45, it even talks about this, talks about divers' sorts of flies. I mean, there are all kinds of flies. And so what, whatever kind they are, there's a lot of them. And they, and they did some damage. No, look in verse 24 again what God says. And the Lord said, did so. Uh, he sent the flies. They corrupted the, uh, by the means of the swarm of flies. And then notice in verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go ye and sacrifice to your God in the land. Now, well, that's not what I want to do. That's not the verse I'm looking at. Look in verse 20. Go back up. 
Oh, yeah, here it is. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early. That's, that's where I'm talking about. Rise up early in the morning. Now, I want to stop here for a second. I want you to get this. You can't serve God without dedication. Okay? Now, God told Moses, Rise up early in the morning and get to work. We, we don't want to hear that. <clears throat> Preacher, I was up all night. Rise up early in the morning. Moses, God said, rise up early in the morning. But God, you know, I didn't sleep good. Lord, Sunday's the only day I have to rest. Well, God said, rise up early in the morning. Upon the first day of the week, let us lay by in store. Those things of God has prospered him. Rise up early in the morning. Well, preacher, I got other things I need to do on Sunday afternoon. Rise up early in the morning. <laughs> it's all, anyway, I'll get off of that. Uh, but you can't serve God without some dedication. So Moses, you know, when God told him rise up in the morning, guess what he did? He rose up early in the morning. I mean, you can't serve God without dedication. Look in, look in verse 20. Again, God has given Moses a mandate. And God tells Moses, Moses, look what he told him to do. Stand before Pharaoh. Again? Lord, are you serious? I've already been up there like three times. He hasn't listened to me yet. Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. God tells Moses, listen. In fact, God tells Moses where he's at. He says, he, you stand before Pharaoh. Well, God, I, I, you know, early in the morning, I don't know where he's at. Uh, you know, he's the king. He's, a, you know, the Pharaoh of the land. I don't know. He's got a busy schedule. I don't know where he's going to be. God says he's going to be down by the water. So you stand before Pharaoh. He will come forth to the water. And so Moses gets up early in the morning. Pharaoh's down by the water, maybe taking a bath or something, I don't know, cleaning himself up. I mean, after all, there's flies and lice everywhere. He's trying to escape them. So he's down in the water, probably slinging water on him, trying to get the flies off of him. Probably got sores on him from where the flies have bit him, and he's scratched all over, you know. And uh, I mean, just made, can you imagine what it's like having that many flies everywhere? They're on the ground, by the way. So he's down by the water. He's trying to get some relief, and he looks up, and guess who's coming? Moses. Can you imagine what he's thinking? Oh, my word, here comes this guy again. Here comes a preacher. Man, alive, I wonder, he's... he's, he's you know, it's like a guy told me one time, and he was a member of the church there in Pampa. He said, listen, preacher, don't be throwing the Bible up in my face. I'm thinking, really? Listen, can you imagine Pharaoh? Here he comes. He's probably going to say, thus saith the Lord, or something like that. But here he comes. Um, Pharaoh knows it. Listen, he knows he's, he's went back on his word. By the way, and maybe he's wondering, how did he know I was down here? Can I tell you? No matter where you are, God knows where you are. He knows where you were at yesterday. He knows where you are today. 
and he knows where you're going to be tomorrow. Yeah. And God told Moses, Moses, you go stand before Pharaoh. He's going to be down by the water. And this is what you tell Listen, this, you, God got it all under control. You understand he tells us the same thing. He said, listen, this is where you go. This is the day you go there. And this is what you're going to do. Amen. Amen. I'm thinking, you know, listen, we ought to, God ought to put something in the Bible about where we ought to go and how we ought to worship, you know, and when we ought to do it. He ought to, I don't know, put that in here. Well, I, he did that because he knew that some people would be like Pharaoh. Then instead of going to the church, they'd go down by the water. Yeah. So here goes Moses. And uh, uh, Moses is down. Or Moses goes to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh hasn't changed. The message, by the way, has not changed. And listen, there's far too many preachers today that are changing the message of God to to make it palatable to the people, you know, so that they'll come back and, you know, we can have this. Listen, I, I'm all for a big crowd. I, I want to get all we can. I want to can all we get. But listen, I'm not going to change the message. You know, I mean, there's still people out there looking for Central Park Baptist Church, by the way. There's still folks that want what we have to offer or what God has to offer through us. We just got to go find them. So here goes Moses. Uh, the message is still the same. It's still let my people go. And what's amazing to me is what God does in verse 20 and verse 21. Uh, look what it says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water. And say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Else... If thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, upon thy servants, upon thy people, into thy houses, into thy houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also on the ground whereon they, they are. And watch, and, and notice he says, he's given Pharaoh another warning. He's given him another opportunity to do the right thing. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? Lord, really, listen. He's done messed up and rejected what you said three times already, and you're still going to give him another chance? Isn't that like God who is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance? I'm thankful that he gives us another chance. And here he is, giving Pharaoh another chance. But look in verse 21. Notice this, this is the very first word. What is it? Tell me. Else. Um, you know, if you look in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, and you can write these down, and, uh, and also in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 16, God has given this same warning to the church in Ephesus and to the church in Pergamos. And God is literally saying, repent or else. Oh, man. You know, if there's one thing the world does not like, it is the or else message. Man. God's given us an ultimatum. He says, be saved. You must, whereby, he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, ye must be saved or else. Uh, the world doesn't like that. 
In fact, a lot of preachers don't like to preach that. But it doesn't change it. A lot of Christians don't like to hear it. This is why churches all over the country, like I said a while ago, have sprung up. And they're doing so well is because uh, they don't preach God's message of, or else. They've censored it out. But folks, there's not any middle, middle road. There's no wiggle room. The saying is a saying, you know. Uh, God says it's decision time. Today is a day of salvation. Now is the accepted time or else. You know, I, I still remember, and I, I'll say it again, my testimony. God told me that about 3 o'clock in the morning out on the, out on the rig. And, and he said, listen, you can either live like this. You can live like you want to live. Or else. Scary place to come to. But I believe with my all my heart, everybody comes there. Yep, everybody gets there. But a lot of people don't make that right decision. You know, I'm, I'm only here by the grace of God. Because like Pharaoh, God gave me a warning first. Judgment didn't come right away. God gave me a warning. But it's still up to us to choose to make the right decision. You know, it's up to, up to us to either choose God or we can choose our own path. And, you know, when I get to thinking about the path without God, it scares me to death. I still think about it today where I could have been without God's help. I, it, it, you know, it just, it's a fearful thing for me to think where I might be without God. Scary. Well, uh, Pharaoh's there. Notice in verse 22 and verse 23, God says, And I will... Sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people uh, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth, and I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. Can I say this by the way? Israel is still God's people. Yeah, they're still his. Uh, you know, no matter what listen, no matter what's going on over there, God's gonna take care of his people. Yeah, I mean, the, all, there's, uh, it, 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 to me, it is amazing to me how blind the media is to the truth. They're blind. I was listening to something the other day on one of the, just for a few minutes, and I got so aggravated, like most times, I don't even know why I turn it on, you know? And I turned it on, the first thing I heard was how, how the, you know, how bad Israel was for bombing uh, the Palestinians in Gaza. Listen, that's, that's Israel's land. God gave it to them. It belongs to them. Listen, it'd be, and the best thing that we can do is stay on Israel's side. Best thing we can do. But they're still God's people. And, and we see that here. Up to this point, when you read verse 22 and 23, up to this point, I think Israel may have experienced the same suffering as Egypt. At least some. I don't think they've been exempt from it. I think they've faced some of the, the same things that Egypt has faced up to this point. Maybe because of their unbelief. Maybe because of their murmuring. And maybe because of their attitude. And, and just perhaps God has given them a little attitude adjustment up to this point. Naturally, though, our, our thinking goes to God's protection from suffering but it's not for that only. Listen, we read this and we think, well, God's just protecting his people. Well, that's true, but that is not the main purpose. And God tells us, look in verse 22, 
Verse 22 goes on to tell us the reason for the separation. And it is to promote the testimony of God. God says, look, that Pharaoh, that thou know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Now watch this real close. Far too many Christians believe that we need to be like the world in order to reach the world with the truth about God. We have to look like the world. We have to wear the clothes of the world. We have to get all tatted up like the world. Amen. That's a popular thing these days. We have to look like them in order to reach them. Listen, but the text here does not support that. This text here, listen, this kind of thinking is a carnal thinking. Separation, not mixing, is what helps the world to know about God. Here it is, right here. It's in the text. Somebody, by the way, somebody ought to put a verse of Scripture in there about this kind of stuff, about how if they want to know who God is, and we ought to be separate. Well, in, I don't know, Second Corinthians, God may have put one in there. It says, come out from among them and be a separate, thus saith the Lord. Be not conformed to, this, to the things of this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, that is, God protected his people through separation. And listen, God still protects his people today. But if we want people to know who God is, then we must be separated. <coughs> I got to drink some water. <coughs> That's true. God wants us to be separated. Yes. <coughs> Goodness. That's what happens. <coughs> yes. <coughs> My throat just <clears throat> got all tight. <clears throat> Look in verse 24. Notice the word corruption. Goodness, <clears throat> that's never happened before. Uh, that word corruption tells a story of devastation. I'm going to have to quit. <clears throat> the word means to destroy, to ruin, to lay in ruins, to mar, to spoil, to make good for nothing. This is what took place. Look in verse 24. Brush up and read verse 24 for me. Destroy, to ruin, <clears throat> to lay in ruins. You realize that's what Satan wants to do to the church. And he's done a good job of it, by the way. Look in verse 29. Brother Shelton, read verse 29. <clears throat> Right, denunciation. There was devastation, corruption. There was the denunciation. Moses, he rebukes Pharaoh because Pharaoh was deceitful. And when Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron to end the plague, Pharaoh just lied to him. 
Pharaoh had promised several times to let the people go. And you remember, they could, uh, the Israelites couldn't worship right there in front of Egypt because of their, the way they worshiped. They, uh, they worshiped the animals. And if you were to kill an animal in the sight of the Egyptians, then the Egyptians, that was blasphemy to them. And then by their law, they would kill you for doing it. So Israel said, we can't do that. We've got to go three days' journey. But Moses knew that Pharaoh was dishonest and a deceiver. Can I tell you, Satan is always that way. He is always a deceiver. He is always dishonest. He's he's not your friend. He will never be your friend. Thank you, brother. He will never be your friend. He will lie to you to your face. He will tell you that it's okay, just like we preached this morning. He will snuggle up to you and try to tell you that everything's going to be okay. Come and go with me. We're just pitching our tent. We're way back here. The world is way over there. We can just look at it. No, careful. A lot started out with the lust of the eye. And then pride got him. Uh, Listen, Moses knew that Pharaoh was dishonest. Look in verse 29 through 32. Brother Shelton, would you read that? All right, look in verse 29. When I read this, I thought, you know, if we're not careful, God will let us do things our way. Look what it says. Starts off, and it said, Moses said, Behold, okay, I'll go out from thee, and I will entreat the Lord with the swarms of flies that they depart, because that's what Pharaoh wanted, right? He said, Moses, if you'll entreat God for me and ask him to get rid of these things, he said, I'll do what you say. I'll, I'll do it. But notice he says, he said, I'll get rid of them from his people. When? Yeah. Moses says, I'll do it. But I'll do it tomorrow. It Wasn't that Pharaoh's? I mean, wasn't that what he said? I'll do it, but I'll do it tomorrow. If you're not careful, God will let you do things your way. If you really want it that way, God will let you do it. And then look in verse 31. God got rid of them. And it says there remained not one. The removal of the plague was absolute and complete. Listen, to me, this is a a neat picture of the gospel. When we come to Christ for salvation, every single sin is washed away by the blood of the Lamb. There is not one single sin, not one blemish. We are made brand new. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. But listen, I'm tell- thank God today. And you say, well, what if I get wrong? I tell 1 John 1, 9 says, We confess that sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us and, and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. 
But one more time, Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. And look in verse 32. It says, And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. You know, uh, God intends that his goodness encourages men to repent, not his judgment. You know, you go back, write this verse down, Romans 2, chapter 4. But a lot of folks are like Pharaoh, and they pervert their blessings to encourage sin rather than, than repentance. A lot of people look at reprieve from trouble as a sign that their sin, that their wrongdoing wasn't so bad after all. So they keep doing it. Listen, Pharaoh is a good, exa- a good bad example of this very thing. Listen, sometimes we get into trouble, and because it's not because that sin is right. It's just because God is good and long-suffering. I'm thankful today that I, didn't, I have not gotten what I've uh, deserved, but I, I've, I've, I have not merited the favor of God. But because of God's grace and His mercy, He has bestowed that upon me, and He's not brought judgment. But listen, but if we... If we play with God, if we try to make deals with God, God's judgment will come. We see it in Pharaoh. <clears throat> and it, listen, if you notice, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Uh, and, but God has still given him chances. Isn't that amazing? Uh, it, it's the same with you and I. <clears throat> it's, it's not the big things that get us. It's the little things. God says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, not the big things. You've got to be careful and watch for the little things in your life. Because if you don't watch for the little things in your life, listen, they, they'll get you a whole lot quicker than the big things. Can I encourage you? Stay close to the Lord. You know, when, when things come in our lives and, 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 and we don't know what to do. You know, my sister used to sing a song when you, uh, how'd that go, when you can't, uh, see, see, when you can't see his will or uh, think they trust his word you know trust a book you can this book is trustworthy <clears throat> you say some, sometimes it's not easy and we can all say amen but it's trustworthy and it's right we ought to simply do it just because it's right God help us Father I thank you Lord for this day <clears throat> thank you Lord for your goodness I pray, Father God, that you...